Welcome to the Safe and Sound Protocol podcast, a polyvagal theory informed therapy. I'm your host, Joanne McIntyre. Here we talk everything polyvagal and SSP related. Dr. Porges has provided us with a revolutionary framework for understanding the connection between our autonomic nervous system and behavior. The SSP acoustic intervention is an exciting new therapy helping people all around the world. This is episode number three. Today I'm speaking with senior occupational therapist Irina Woodward from Sydney, Australia. Irina is the owner of Family Connections, a large paediatric practice, and today she shares her experience with implementing the Safe and Sound protocol with her clients. How about we start with you, you know, tell us a little bit about your, your background because you have an, an interesting story of how you even become an, an OT and then your journey into building the practice that you have. So, uh, Where would you like me to start? Well, I think start, start with your initial training, you know, back in Poland. And... Um, well, I started... Uh, my training to be a doctor and after a few years my brother decided that he wanted me to come and visit him in Australia Um, when I came decided to stay so it took a few years to reorganize myself and find that I would like to do something with myself it was a little bit too late to restart the medicine studies so I went and did one year of science degree. In the meantime, I got married and had two children. And after my first year of science, my son was diagnosed with autism. So I had a break and looked at different options how to help him. And during that time, I've met um, amazing OT who was trained in South Africa. Mm-hmm. and. She always was um, giving me that background information, why he's on the swing, why is he doing certain things the way he's doing or she would like him to do, where those activities are going in his, you know, to, to help his progress. So I started being really fascinated with the science behind this therapy and when after a year, I came back, I went back to science and did biochemistry and microbiology, but then realized that I probably won't be able to um, go anywhere with it and do much having some of autism. So with suggestions from um, Beth, I changed my degree and started doing OT. Um, so then the rest was history because by then I really was, I, I knew what I wanted to do. I was fascinated with sensory integration and was reading about it. So even going through through university, I think I had like selective attention to all the pediatric courses. And um, in those days, there was a lot of sensory integration taught in my course. So that was fabulous. So when I finished, I wanted to work in pediatrics. So it took a little bit of time to, you know, I couldn't work full time having my family. So I came across uh, Lynn Lennox and she asked me if I could work with her. And that was lovely. And, you know, while working with her, I slowly started building up my own practice. And then with her retirement, um, I sort of shifted 100% to my practice initially just like a soul therapist and then slowly building up my team and changing my team and always um, focusing on sensory integration and all other intervention that would be compatible with that and being frustrated with intervention that was um, like I couldn't find intervention that would work for my son in a way to help him with deficits related to autism I trained in um, RDI and then a few years later 
ILS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, you know, 10 years after my initial training with ILS, I came across SSP. And it initially didn't sound like something that would really spark my enthusiasm, but just the credibility that I felt through ILS, I thought might as well see what it is and train. And once I trained and tried it with our clients, it was just, you know, amazing. Mm-hmm. So we're still, you know, using it a lot. We're using it in clinic and most of it as a home program, but the changes are amazing. Mm-hmm. So can you remember the first client that you put through the SSP? Kind of tweaked you even more so? To be honest, I don't remember the, exactly the first one, but I remember the first one that like changed the sort of changed the game, for so to speak. Mm-hmm. And it was a boy, um, it was actually two children, and both of them did not perform at school, and both of them for some reason were crawling under the tables. Mm-hmm. So one would refuse to write and didn't participate at school and teachers were concerned that maybe he has some intellectual deficits. Um, He didn't seem extremely anxious or anything, just refused to do what he was supposed to do and if he was made to do it, he would just have a tantrum. So because mum had few other children, he came to the clinic in school holidays and he also, his problem was that he couldn't sit still. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, it was my very early days, but I have changed the protocol because it was saying that the child should sit and not be active during uh, SSP. But I thought that at the same time, should, child should enjoy that, um, that time with mom. So I thought if he can't sit still, then I set up swings for him that he could swing if he wanted to, but I just made sure that they were not spinning swings, so they were just calming and back and forth mm-hmm. um, sort of movement. And after third day, mum went, um, came home and uh, came back to the clinic and she brought card that um, the boy wrote for me saying thank you for caring about me and drew a flower and that was like a shock for the family because he would refuse to even hold a pen Mm -hmm. and after the program he just went to school and he started reading and he started to be to just participating in his learning and I've lost my client because Mm -hmm. he didn't need to come back to OT and I kept in touch with mum and he's doing well so that was just even the you know the teachers could not believe the difference and how which is interesting you're in how you're explaining you know his presentation because often in the early days when we we're learning about the protocol you know the evidence was around acoustic hypersensitivities and around anxiety and around social engagement but from what you're saying it wasn't sounding like those were the major things that were jumping out that was going on with this child but you still saw that there was and non-engagement with others or a disorganization and and he had quite a shift as a result and that's what I was hoping for because I think we've worked for a few months and I just didn't see as dramatic shift as I would like to see in mm-hmm. my therapy mm-hmm. so I, I was kind of hoping for something to happen so just Mm -hmm. lucky Mm -hmm. and you know the truth is not all children have such a dramatic change Mm -hmm. but it's really interesting that some children have dramatic change the first time around and then they repeat the program and the second time around there is a different shift like Mm -hmm. the change in a different areas Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes children that are very nervous and very vigilant and very um, sort of in that fight-flight zone, they tend to become really passive and almost not responsive and parents sometimes panic that something happened, but it's just that adjustment and after a few weeks they pick up, Mm -hmm. but they don't go into that um, fight-flight zone, they just Mm -hmm. stay in a much more Mm -hmm. uh, 
calm and an engaged zone. Mm-hmm. So how would you think, thinking back from, because you're, I mean, you pretty much started with the SSP and added that to your practice not long after we actually even launched it in Australia. So you've had it for two years now. So how would yep. you say you're, I mean, do you feel like there's been a shift in how you present the SSP to families now compared to how it was? Um, what, what are some um, big... Yes, in a way, like you know, when I started, I didn't know what to expect myself. Mm-hmm. So I was almost <laughs> sort of presenting it with a little bit of caution. Like, don't expect too much. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen. So let's just go on this experience together and see what we'll bring. Um, when now, um, because of the changes that I've seen in so many children, and sometimes, and, and it, it was the reason probably that I was a little bit skeptical in the start because it's only five days. Mm-hmm. And you kind of think, what can happen in five days listening to music? So mm-hmm. I found that some parents sometimes might be a little bit complacent Mm -hmm. so I've I've learned to really stress explain to them as much as I can in a way that they could understand that it is a very um, uh, powerful tool Mm -hmm. and it can do things because I found that sometimes because parents didn't understand, they kind of ignored and they didn't follow instruction. They didn't do it right. Mm-hmm. And then not much happened. And I was disappointed and they probably thought, oh, you know, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't work. But a lot of times it could be due to just a lack of clarity. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably can see a little bit more of a pattern if which children might respond in what way. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to see children when when they repeat it several times Mm -hmm. and you, you know, when we talk to parents and they can't believe that this is the same child that we started with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes it is, or maybe there was something else, maybe there's, but, you know, I don't really care anymore. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. As long as we've got a child, they're just hungry for interactions and hungry for mm-hmm. exploring the world and, mm-hmm. and trusting the world. Mm-hmm. So even though the original research was done in an ASD population, and I know based on polyvagal, we're really looking at trying to make changes in the underlying nervous system in terms of you know, vagal regulation and calming. You know, do you find there's certain decisions that you make in terms of fa- you know families that you pick to start to talk about the SSP or do you find pretty much it's across the board in ter- you know, across your practice um probably not like i, I wouldn't dis- dispense it to everyone mm-hmm. definitely if i see a child that um potentially there are some events or for example with uh, extensive medical interventions in the past and and sometimes it might be that not the child but the parents went through some traumatic events but they might be projecting and the child child becomes very so i sometimes start with parents Mm -hmm. and actually give the intervention to parents and then so they are in a better frame of mind to to administer that intervention to their children. Mm-hmm. Um, I give it, I, I always would try to uh, to suggest to families when children are very anxious mm-hmm. and sometimes children come with uh, sort of hypersensitivities to touch or sound or, or something else, but we can see that there are some underlying issues that might be more of a cause and it could be um you know maybe not trauma as such but even you know for children with autism their world is just so stressful Mm -hmm. and they they get themselves into that hyper vigilance that uh, you know not is not allowing them to focus and think so i would say 80 percent of my practice would probably go Mm -hmm. through Mm -hmm. intervention Mm -hmm. Because you've certainly grown. I mean, you started with one SSP. I mean, how many do you have 
now. Six. Six. And so they're regularly in use. Yes, they, they coming and going, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what is your decision making around whether you do the protocol all in clinic or you send it home? Do you have any sort of advice to other practitioners who are listening? I found that children, as long as home is the safe and nurturing place, mm -hmm. then I would always prefer to do it at home. Mm -hmm. um, the times that we did it in clinic was that either parents felt that they would not have quiet um, space at home, there's like too many children or interruptions mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. somebody will be coming and going and they just felt all for some children when they come to therapy this is their safe place mm -hmm. they feel good they you know some children say i'm coming to irene's and i'm not going home so if, if this feels good for them mm -hmm. then then we do it in a clinic mm -hmm. sometimes it's just practicality of it there is mm -hmm. not like we have few practitioners and there's sometimes no quiet room that mm -hmm. would be consistently available for five days in a row. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So over the last two years, what would you say? Oh, sorry, just oh. add, sometimes we did it at schools. Okay, so tell me about that. And for example, you know, like children that actually home was not um, the most peaceful place. Mm -hmm. And we even administered with our OT students. So if they had eight week pracs, we would take SSP to school and they would administer SSP with the child when they were very already familiar with them. So mm -hmm. they would spend quite a bit of time and they the school would provide nice peaceful room mm -hmm. with some activities that ch that children would enjoy. And that also has positive effects. Mm -hmm. So you got some nice outcomes from that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Any comments back from the student from having that experience that you can recall? They actually did it themselves too. <laughs> <laughs> like the students really enjoyed the time because it's quite intimate mm -hmm. to sort of spend an hour. So they, they were saying that they feel like they bonding a little bit with um, with children and I was in like it, it's so sort of interesting because when students did it on themselves they had very different responses mm -hmm. some were getting um, more irritable or kind of unsettled during the the program but then later they would settle where others would feel very sort of straight away very calm and grounded and mm -hmm. almost falling asleep <laughs> during listening yeah but we usually have some feedback from the teachers and that's what the most important part is mm -hmm. so we've got one school where several children um, did SSP and they constantly refer <laughs> to us mm -hmm. because we are apparently the ones that fixing children right right they had nice shifts and changes and stuff yes yeah yeah so what would you say is some really interesting things that you've learned in your journey with the SSP over the last two years? I just, you know, it's fantastic to have something that seems to be so, you know, cost effective and effortless in a way in administration mm -hmm. that can create such a huge shift. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like months of intervention, it just you know, sitting and listening to music and, you know, in one week's time, such a huge changes can, can be made. Mm -hmm. When you present it to a family, and I know you talk about polyvagal and um, what kind of things do you say to parents to help tune them into? I usually aspects? try to be more try to illustrate and um, especially if I know the child mm -hmm. to connect child's behaviors to 
different elements of nervous system mm -hmm. and then by explaining when child is behaving in a certain way what part of nervous system is working and then what is the role of um, like what polyvagal theory how that sits with with those behaviors and then what SSP is supposed to be doing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so uh, I'm trying to be very concrete in some ways right, in the way right. how I'm explaining it. To help make that connection so they can sort of um. see. Mm -hmm. Now I know you've had over the years you've set you've shared some pretty interesting cases with me so let's how about we um you go and just sort of tell me about some of those because you've been very creative as well about kind of how you've implemented it so I'll let you pick which case you want to share first and then I might guide you to one that I, <laughs> that I always find really fascinating because you've even had you've shared with some friends and they've had some some interesting yes. which I think is yes. really important to share um, on the podcast so people can just sort of see that this is a tool that can be used not only with people who have challenges but for our own I know you've done it I've done it and we've all had shifts and changes, but um, but I think you've had some interesting feedback from friends regarding relationships and stuff. But anyway, so you pick a you pick a case first that you that comes to mind that you mm. want to well, share. Well, I'll pick up my little, but uh, not little, a girl who just like I haven't seen her since first first go, <laughs> <laughs> um, and she was from a um, sort of broken family and again very timid very uh, difficult to engage in learning and <laughs> she was the other one that was crawling at the tables and i, I did she I don't come with a diagnosis I, or no she didn't really have any diagnosis no and and how was old was she potential of some learning difficulties, maybe mild intellectual difficulty uh -huh. uh, or disorder. So she was at the time seven mm -hmm. and the difficulty was that mom was working and she couldn't really come for regular therapy and the school was desperate and mom was also desperate and we were trying to think what, how to do it. And we've worked out that with help of grandmother and mum and everybody pulled together, they found us five days and they did the SSP program. Mm -hmm. And when she went to school, the difference was amazing. So the school was so excited. Mm -hmm. And it's just by coincidence that um, the special support teachers granddaughter was also coming to my practice and she was using she was extremely anxious and fragile and you know wouldn't want to go to preschool crying and um, it was really nerve-wracking for mom to get her to do anything and she had lots of sort of movement coordination difficulties and so she did SSP and she also improved mm -hmm. and so the first girl, she went to school and she was doing quite well for two years because I think she was one of the first kids that I did as well. Mm -hmm. So mom just came back now because, you know, the challenges have grown, mm -hmm. but she is now articulate. <laughs> like mm -hmm. she, you know, they sort of calling her chica chata and that now you can see that she does have some intellectual challenges. Mm -hmm. But in confidence, she's, she has friendships, she's socially connected to her groups and, and she kind of knows where she is and what she can do, what she can't do, but there is no any more of that, you know, hiding and crying and, you know, avoiding right, the world. Have, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, so that was exciting. So she's about um, to do it again then or? So you said she's just come, you said she's just come back after two years. So she just came back to therapy, right. and we started sort of to using a little bit ILS. Mm -hmm. And she was meant to do to repeat SSP during school holidays, mm -hmm. 
but it didn't work out because I think her dad is another t- in another city, so there's sort of private commuting and things. Mm-hmm. So we're aiming at doing it on Christmas holidays. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Definitely, we'll do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and is going to my adult population. Well, so um, I would like for you to share the story about the family <laughs> and the two adolescents because. I think that one, you know, we've talked about this one before, but I think, you know, often when we're talking about the SSP and setting the SSP up by having the ideal environment where it's safe, where parents are secure, that you do that education up front about polyvagal and social engagement to help tune parents into that component to really help support through the SSP process. But... Um, I think that example is a pure is a is a perfect example of like let's just it's almost like crisis management in some respect let's just intervene and see what possibilities unfold in a family that really weren't supported um, by professionals or other it, it had any other sort of family support networks and the changes that unfolded for that family was just profound so. Uh, I'd love okay. if you could share now that you one. Have to cue me because I just lost who it comes. Who we're talking about? Too many, too many. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one with the mum who had the two adolescents who refused to go to school, or she pulled them out of school because she had the confrontation oh, with yes, the principal. Yes, yes. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this was sort of a family that um, had some sort of history of some mental health challenges and mum wasn't coping with the system of school so she felt like that she was um, sort of how to say um, that her parenting skills were undermined and she was always in that um, kind of guarded so zone. Mm-hmm. So it ended up that both children, she just pulled them out of school and started doing um, uh, distance education. And I felt strongly that that one of the children was really missing out because there was no really basis for her not to be able to go to school and pay, have the benefits and social um, sort of involvement from going to school. So I suggested to um, to the family that they come during school holidays and all of them will have SSP at the same time. Mm-hmm. So but weren't the children came, also yeah. so weren't the children also just spending a lot of time on electronics, that they yes. were becoming so, obese. Yes, I felt and just, yes, I yeah. felt that mum is not really able to um, structure the homeschooling Mm-hmm. program because children were refusing to do what they were supposed to be doing mm-hmm. and so they were spending a lot of time on electronics and just pretty much running the show mm-hmm. so um, yeah I suggested that they come to the clinic and three of them do program at the same time so when they always would come together they would just argue and um, sort of yell at each other. So when they started the program, each one was in a different corner of the room. And, and just the, so we can visualize this, you were lucky enough to have, well, because you already have six systems anyway, so each individual had their own SSP system. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and you have like leaders. a, yeah. And <laughs> because. And you have like a therapy gym, so there's suspended equipment and there's some crash mats and um, it's. Yes. So one child was lying underneath the crash mat, so I could just see feet sticking out on one side and tip of the head with the headphones on on the other side because he loved weighted things on top of him and he was very sensitive to lights and always wanted to be in the dark. Mum was just comfortably sort of sitting against some cushions against the wall and for the first two days, um, the other child was swinging and that was for two days on the third day um, one of the children 
the, the boy was under the cushions for most of for four days. He didn't move from there. Um, but they were happy. They, they they were not arguing. They were just listening, and nobody was complaining um, that they didn't want to listen. And then the girl started to move from the swing. She moved to the ball pit, and then she on the fourth day she was sitting with mum close together. And on the fifth day, there three of them were just sitting together and cuddling, and they were talking to each other nicely. And uh, and there were school holidays, and after school holidays, they were both enrolled at school and went back to school. So, um, later on, I had I heard that boy had some medical issues, and he had to be sort of hospitalised for things. So I actually don't know. I. You know, I sometimes think it's a good thing when we do SSP and then I don't hear from the family for a while because they don't seem to feel like they need to come for therapy. But wasn't it a week later that you got a text from mum that she was in Oh, yes, she 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 says that SSP was better than drugs (laughs) and, you know, (laughs) that she doesn't have to take uh, sort of medication and she noticed that usually... um, that she met some people and she was always very suspicious and she felt that people judge her, that they look at her and she would sort of look back and be quite aggressive towards them verbally. And she was very proud of herself because she didn't and she dealt with whatever was coming her way and didn't get stressed or, or sort of reactive in a way. Mm-hmm. That's amazing, isn't it? I think they had a comment like, you know, I think SSP is better than drugs. I mean, that's massive. And just watching them in that, in those four days, that was amazing because, you know, we've been almost like, they were like magnets with (laughs) (laughs) being pushed away from each other and they later just came together. So. That's a nice I've never, analogy, ever yes. seen them cuddling. There was never physical affection that I've observed in sessions. Yes. Yeah, that's a, it's a lovely story, yes. Do you have another case that you wanted to share? or? Oh, like if you wanted, um, you know, the one with adults. So there was so a friend of mine who um, wasn't well for a while and she was, she's married and she just found that she had difficulty dealing with her husband that whatever he would say she felt like she's reacting with the whole body and that she's just so stressed that she can't deal with it but um i've got another friend who had a stroke five years ago and i just felt like maybe because her stroke affected her vestibular system and her eye movements and i just I didn't know what I was thinking, but I just offered that maybe she could see what will happen. Mm-hmm. And she was sending me very in- interesting feedback every day. Like she felt that um, initially she was having a headache or she had sort of like funny visual um, sort of sensations. Uh, I think the first night she was sleeping very well that she wasn't but general after she finished the program she felt much calmer mm-hmm. and she felt um, sort of more grounded mm-hmm. that was her word so she she was so encouraged by it that she actually landed the SSP without <laughs> asking me to this other friend of ours who was going through all those marital problems and when she came to drop it off, she just said, I don't know what it is, but he can say whatever he wants now. It just doesn't bother me anymore. It just flows <laughs> off that she could kind of separate herself, keep, yes. her, keep herself in the safe zone. Yep. So that was, that was funny. Interesting. So again, just cases of, you know, not fitting... Of, of looking at what's happening in that nervous system, the underlying, you know, and that big ability to regulate that autonomic nervous system. And, you know, it impacts all of us. And so I think we all can kind of um, benefit from from what the protocol Absolutely. can offer. Mm. And I, I've done it, I think, three times on myself now. Mm-hmm. And each time my response was different. Mm-hmm. 
Can you remember your first? The first, I don't think I felt anything dramatic. Mm -hmm. But the second time around, I know because I was actually irritable. Mm -hmm. I was irritable for about a week afterwards. And, and initially, I didn't connect two and two. Mm -hmm. But I think when the third time came, I was again irritable towards the end. Not as long. Mm -hmm. But I was, but then I sort of thought maybe that's why. Mm -hmm. um, so with the irritability, were you sleeping more as well? Did you find, because you know how we often talk about when we're talking to our clients about the SSP, we just say it is like a workout for the nervous system. So in an adult, it can look like irritability. In a child, it can look like more sort of emotional dysregulation. And often that can be that we tend to sleep more to sort of cope with that, you know, that yeah. workout for the nervous system. So can you recall? I, I know the first two days mm -hmm. are always sort of better for sleep, but I found towards the end of the five-day program, I might be, I think I was waking up mm -hmm. at night. Mm -hmm. But because I'm not usually irritable person, so mm -hmm. it, was, <laughs> it was almost unusual for me because I was thinking, why am I so irritable? And then I thought, ah. Oh, I just done this thing and that maybe my nervous system is just a little bit sort of touched and is trying to do something and mm -hmm. I'm dealing with the world here mm -hmm. and but you know I was able to separate myself and think okay so something's happening in my nervous system mm -hmm. so I will just step back and not follow my irritability <laughs> mm -hmm. kind of just sort of notice that and yes and yeah yeah, yeah. So can you say once that sort of feeling passed, could you say you noticed anything at all? I was more focused. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was more focused. So I always have either reports or letters or, or million mm -hmm. things to do. Mm -hmm. And I even sort of was bragging that I, I was <laughs> able to sit down and just do things right, right. and not feel distracted or frazzled or having this sort of mental block that, mm -hmm. um, you know, sitting and not sure what to do. Mm -hmm. Would you have like any advice to, to practitioners who are listening, who are maybe kind of, you know, just wanting to find out more information about the SSP, sort of questioning, adding it to their practice? You know, what, do you have any advice to somebody who's still the just only, thinking about the it? The only advice, it's really like, it's always good to know why you're doing and how it works. Mm -hmm. So it's not something that you just take off the shelf and stick on somebody's head mm -hmm. because different things do happen. And there was one case that I had that halfway through the program, mom sent me a message that her daughter who was 15 and she just collected all the knives from the kitchen and she was getting ready to stab all her artwork, which you know, it sounded really disturbing, mm -hmm. but I just felt obviously something's happening mm -hmm. to her system. And I just told mom to be very compassionate, mm -hmm. to, to just feel, you know, surround her with even more love and more understanding and whatever is happening with her. I said to mom, it will probably pass, mm -hmm. but you know, that's, that's what needs to happen. And I think that if I didn't have the knowledge of what it does, mm -hmm. it's, it, it might be quite challenging when things are going not as smoothly or um, when children's reactions are, they might appear initially to go backwards mm -hmm. or children might, some parents say that children regress or, right. or do something else. Mm -hmm. And then we need to have enough knowledge and confidence that to explain that it's not like a permanent regression. Mm -hmm. That it's a shift. What, in, what, what, yeah, it's, yeah a shift, it's a shift. It's a shift yes. and a change in the nervous system. There's always, you know, a little bit of chaos before, you know, the smooth waters unfold. And I think, um, and I think, as you say, that knowledge that knowing that that's going to happen and, and reassurance and coming from a science perspective can help. Um, yeah, because it gives us confidence to mm -hmm. 
to sort of stand up to whatever happens and give parents advice that mm-hmm. will be a good advice rather than us panicking and sort of patching up, <laughs> you know, addressing behaviors or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that would be mine. And, you know, I think it's amazing. And what about, what about, because I know sometimes, sometimes, I don't know, because you had a practice where you used, you already used the ILS focus system, so you're used to using an acoustic sort of intervention. So I know often it's really hard for a practitioner who's come more from like, you know, like a talk-based or a play-based um, therapy model to sort of envision, oh, now how do I actually start to embed this intervention in my practice? So do you have any tools or advice around, around that at all? Well, I suppose it's, you know, the paradigm that we're coming from. And, mm. in, you know, if therapists, it still requires some understanding that it is, you know, working on our sort of nervous system that's not cortex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, it's, you know, if, I suppose if, um, you know, if, if there are psychologists or counsellors just sort of looking a little bit outside of their area of expertise or, or just widening and because there's so, you know such a strong um, you know development now in all the somatosensory interventions and things and that's where it comes that you know working through the body mm-hmm. through our sensory systems that actually change and affect our emotions and, and emotional regulation so I suppose whoever would use SSP would need to understand that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Totally agree that I think if you understand what the intervention is helping to sh- make shifts and changes in the underlying nervous system, then it changes the platform, which then enables whatever your goals are in terms of a more cognitive awareness or processing or behaviour to actually start to unfold um, yeah. and move your therapy along. And yes, it is a paradigm shift in terms of your actual therapy session, what that will look like, but what it enables can be quite um, profound. Yeah. Yeah, so trying to convince someone to feel a certain way versus just mm-hmm. allowing them to feel mm-hmm. that way without words. Mm-hmm. What about if we're thinking about a family who has a child with who's on the spectrum or a child who has anxiety? Do you have any advice or any tips to them that are, who maybe just started their journey and trying to understand the SSP? Any tips? Um, yes, but I always try to be... Um, some families need more preparation than others. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I have families who would contact me because of SSP, because they already would hear about it and they uh, are interested in that intervention. And then I would just clarify that their understanding is what I would like them to understand and Mm -hmm. how to proceed and what is the best way. Sometimes with other families, if there is a high level of anxiety, and so that cautiousness and uncertainty in family, I, I would not want to give it to parents to do it with their children when parents are sort of like emitting that uncertainty because it almost would work against SSP. Mm-hmm. So I always try to, for parents to at least understand that they need to create cocoon of um, sort of that protective love. Mm-hmm. So whatever children are doing, it's fine. So it's not about them thinking, oh my God, he has to color in, he has to sit, he has to do something. As long as it's pleasurable, as long as they both enjoy the activity as much, that parents have to be reassuring. Sometimes children might not want to uh, wear headphones for a while, so just rather than stressing out, oh my God, he's taking the headphones off and the program Mm -hmm. will not work. Mm -hmm. Just with reassurance, put the headphones back on, smile, give a cuddle. Mm -hmm. It's not a big deal. Mm. So so 
that part sometimes is challenging to get parents in that zone that they would be able to relax. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that's when you well, obviously have to spend more time up front with helping them sort of understand mm-hmm. their own regulation and how their regulation impacts their child and, and really creating that sort of knowledge base but then that understanding of safety and being in a ventral vagal state and mm. yeah and sometimes overcoming the challenge of wearing headphones Mm -hmm. so you know i encourage parents to you know get bigger headphones that would be similar in size to the ones we use in ssb Mm -hmm. and you know even if i don't like ipads but initially encourage them to wear while they're watching things on the ipad Mm -hmm. then later just to help build up that tolerance Yes, take the visual Mm. part and maybe when they're watching iPad with some songs and things and then later just move Mm. to songs Mm -hmm. and over time introduce different songs. Mm -hmm. And and sometimes even in a clinic, I I would use ILS and with younger children, I'll just put them on and I take them off and I put them on and Mm -hmm. I take them off and then they forget that they're on and we play for a while and and once they, like even last week, I had a child that wouldn't want headphones on and he had up with 15 minutes of playing, wearing ILS. Mm-hmm. And then I said to mom, you know, just continue at home with whatever headphones and just different music because obviously he doesn't mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was funny because he was listening to Sensory Motor and he nearly, he, he was walking out, almost falling over falling asleep it just got him so relaxed yeah so you know there are different methods and like with anything else just have to be in tune of what's happening so the child doesn't feel around that and how you helped educate the families around that too i prefer if if i give both parents and child um, ssp i try to encourage them that one will start earlier than the other so they don't actually end up to be at the same um on the same days Mm -hmm. because especially on that four, fifth and, and sort of the last two days or even starting from the third day, you know, some people get quite emotional, irritable, restless or sort of mostly irritable. And then if parent gets irritable and <laughs> child gets irritable at the same time, they won't be able to that parent won't be able to be there for the child being supportive and calm and and sort of embracing. Mm-hmm. So I sometimes encourage that either child does it first mm-hmm. and then mom starts maybe on child's day four and five, mm-hmm. which are those sort of neuro exercises days right. where mom might get a bit tired, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have that emotional um reactiveness mm-hmm. well, that's a different way of, of of doing it that's good to let people know about um, kind of doing it in a staggered a staggered way mm. sometimes if parents are quite grounded mm-hmm. like not super anxious and they don't have a choice and they would have to do it together if I make mum aware that this is happening and then parent can actually see okay i am irritable possibly because of that but i can control it Mm -hmm. so if i know that parent is that kind of parent that they will be able to control it then then that's you know doable Mm -hmm. but if i know that parents they have their own anxiety issues and they already emotions regulated sometimes it could be because they recently got diagnosis sometimes because other things are happening in their lives then I definitely discourage to do it at the same time. Yeah, great. All right, Irina, I think we've covered quite a lot of information today. So in closing, any 
last closing thoughts or things that you want to share to you know message to because we're going to have quite a array of listeners you know from parents to practitioners individuals who are who are listening so any things you want to share as therapists or practitioners we have you know we have different cohorts of clients and with that comes different experiences Mm. and i think the best is to just go through the process and absorb what's coming our way reflect on it take it into our next um, experience and our next clients and just build our knowledge and you know not try to do everything at the same time and just pace ourselves and be mindful that it is a very powerful tool mm-hmm. but I, my journey I absolutely love it I love the fact that we were able to help so many families um, to to shift their interactions, the dynamics in families, the ch- children's abilities to just go out there and deal with the world and enjoy life and you know enjoy learning and having friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm. great last words. Yeah. I know it's a pretty powerful tool. It is. Yeah. Well, thank you for your time. I really You're appreciate welcome. it and sharing your knowledge. And I'm sure we'll have you on again at another time to maybe delve a little deeper into some sort of topics because I know you've got a lot of other knowledge that you can layer on top of what we share today. So thank you again. I hope everyone enjoyed listening to this podcast. If you have any comments or questions, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at sspodcast1 at gmail.com. That's sspodcast, the number one, at gmail.com. I also wanted to let everyone know that we are working on a Facebook page and a website. So as soon as we get those launched, I will let everyone know. So you can use that as another resource as well.